0: Spirit that we have relationship with you. Thank you, Father, that you have made the way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you died on that cross for us. Thank you. Thank you for relationship. Thank you for meeting us today. Thank you for spending time with us 24-7. Thank you that we can come before you boldly into your throne room. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you love to speak into our lives, that you love to, in that sense, pull us up onto your lap and give us a great big hug. Thank you that you love to meet us right where we're at. You love to, to pour out upon us. You know exactly what each one of us needs. you for lavishing upon each one of us right now. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for breathing strength into us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you that we don't have to do anything in your love. But you simply love us. Thank you. safe. Thank you, Lord, also for food, coffee. Did you enjoy your morning tea? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, thanks team for providing the morning tea. Yeah. Thank you. We have amazing teams here at Activate, don't we? Amazing teams. Yeah, let's give it up for all the teams. This incredible team, that team team out there, that team out there. Amazing. Love family. All pitching in at the kitchen bench. It's good. Teaming up together. It's great. Wonderful. Well, wait, there is more. Don't you just love that? Yes. So I'm going to ask you to stand again. Just wait, wait. Also, I heard, I think I spotted, did I spot, I'm trying to spot Nigel and Jackie's face, or I spotted Jackie's face before. Yeah, I heard. I heard before that it was an amazing, amazing conference, the Healing Rooms Conference. I heard that deaf people heard, were healed. Yes, isn't that awesome? There were many healings. Many lives encountered in a beautiful way. And this place was packed, is that right? Isn't that awesome? So we get to come in here today. If you missed out on the conference, like I did, we get to come in and just enjoy the presence that has already been here in this place over the weekend. Isn't that fantastic? Love it. Wonderful. We'll have to hear more about that. Awesome. Well, we now have the privilege of Pastor Ruth or Swift Ministering to us a yes yeah, so give her give her a great big hand there she comes. Come on, come on. Let's drink, let's drink. Come
1: on. Alrighty, you may be seated, but um, Wendy you can just stay there if that's okay. Or you guys can for a while. I don't care. Just do what you like, really. So I'm going to come down. Is that all right? I was going to jump, but I thought, no. no. I heard somebody else broke their ankle when they jumped. Then we'd be needing the healing rooms back, We're asking these people to come. What a privilege and an honour to be here, to be able to bring the Word of God. It's not something that I take lightly. It's not something that I go, oh, yeah, it's just something I do. Actually, every time I have to bring the Word of God, There becomes something within me that starts to get nervous. My stomach starts to feel a bit yucky. You know, you run out to the toilet. I know you didn't want to hear that. But it's because I know that God wants to continue to do something powerful. See, he's already been moving. I don't know about you, but you need to understand that message that my husband brought... Sometimes we think simplicity, I didn't think it was simple, but simplicity, oh yeah, but actually it was life-changing. It was actually something that was breaking some chains off some of you. Some of you are sitting there and thinking, God, I have looked for my purpose for so long, but today the revelation, the penny dropped. Actually, my purpose is what? Oh, I love you, Jesus. You're worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be honoured. It is such a privilege to be in your presence. And if all I ever do is do nothing else but be in your presence, that's what it's all about. I was talking to Pastor Ray out in the foyer and I was saying, you know what, I've often asked myself the question, God, if everything was taken away from me, if I never preached another sermon, if I didn't lead a church, if... Everything was removed. Would I still worship you with such passion like I do now? And beautiful Pastor Ray says, Oh, you would, Ruth. I just know you would. And I turned and I said, I would. I genuinely would. Because I don't come to church to do, I come to church to worship, to be in his presence. To allow him to move in my life in a powerful and a mighty way. Just to say, I love you, Jesus. Because it's in the presence of God. It's in the presence of Jesus that our lives are changed. And it only ever happens in his presence. Whether it's in a church service, whether it's at home, wherever it is, if we need things altered in our life, where is it? In his presence. Be further, before I go any further, I spoke to, sorry, I've forgotten your name again. He's just looking down. What was your name again? Why don't you just stand? Is that all right? As he walked past, um, I was standing over there just worshipping God, and I looked over. And here he was, and you probably all know this because he looks like he's a bit crazy. But you know, he's standing there and and this passion, this fervour came out of him with a heart that just loves God. You could see it. Is he perfect? Absolutely not.
2: You're all laughing,
1: you know. But the truth is, there is a purity in your heart. And what I really believe what God wants to say to you is that He's doing something fresh and something new in you. And you're gonna come into even a greater awareness of who Jesus is. You already know Him, you already love Him, you love being in His presence. But there is even gonna come a greater oozing that when you walk into a room, not just here, but wherever you go, people are gonna say, what is it about you? Why do you carry something? Why do you come in with such happiness, such joy, with this overwhelming sense that something is going to change in the atmosphere? And even when you go through the difficulties, you'll still walk into the room and people will know that you've been through a hard time and they're going to turn to you and they're going to say, what is it about you? And you're not even going to have to open your mouth and they're going to go, don't worry about it, we know. It's Jesus. And as you start to reach out, watch and see the ones that are going to come around you. Many, many. You've got a heart to lead many to the Lord. Your heart and your passion is, God, use me greater. God, use me greater. God, use me greater. Take me to greater realms. Take me into places that, that I can reach out and bring your name into situations. Bring your name into places. But you haven't seen it like you believe for it. And the Lord said, Look up. Look up and look at me. How many do you want? How many do you want? For wherever you go, your feet will walk into a place and I will outwork my spirit out of you and people's lives will be changed because you love me. Not for what you can do, but because you love me and your heart and your passion is for people to have what you have. Father God, I pray right now, double portion right now. Let him know what it is to, Lord, walk in your presence in a greater and a more powerful way than he's ever known and allow his spirit, your spirit just to pour over him. Bless him, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's a gentleman right at the back. Um, You've got the hoodie on, the zip, you're looking away, you're like, couldn't possibly be talking to me. Yep, it's you. (laughs) Freaky, hey. You. God's got something for you. And he's saying to you right now that he's been tugging at your heart for a long time. And he's been coming and he's just been going like this. He's been saying, come on, come on, there's more in you. There's more in you. There's more in you. There's more in you. And you've been at times going, God, please leave me alone. (laughs) Let someone else do it. Let others do it. But God wants you. And he wants you in a greater way, not for what you can do, but for a relationship with you in a greater and a more powerful way. And he's coming and he's saying, come on, come into my presence. Come in and find me again. Find me like you used to. Because as a little boy, you would run. And you would run and you would know that Jesus was real and you would know that his hand was powerfully upon you. But as you got older, you still love him. But there are times where you think, God... I'm not sure where you are like you used to be. And he says, I haven't moved. I want you. And as you come into his presence in a greater way, he's just going to wash over you again and he's going to start to ignite within you a passion that's going to rise. And you're going to be surprised at how passionate you're going to become. And right now you're going to look and you're going to think, I don't know. But there's going to become a passion that even you are going to be surprised in yourself And you're even going to look at yourself and you're going to think, this isn't who I am. This isn't the way I should be. But I like the person that I am because I love Jesus and I want people to know who he is. You're an amazing man, an incredible man. And God has gifted you unbelievably. But he loves you more than anything else. He loves you and he's never, ever left you and he's never left your room and he's never taken his hand off you and he's calling you and he's saying, come Come, come, come to me in a greater way. Come and meet me again. Come and find me. Come and be with me and watch and see what I'll do within you and within your family. For your family are amazing and they're a credit to you. And they're like they are because of the mighty man of God that you are. But God's going to bring more out of you, more, and it will surprise you and it will surprise those around you. Father, I just pray right now and I pray that your hand will be powerfully upon him and for his family. Lord, they're a great family. They're an incredible family. And we're so grateful, God, that you have called them to such a place as this. And so I pray, come. Come and give him a double portion. Allow him to know your presence in a greater way. We thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Right now, I'm just going to turn to the Word, but more than likely, God may stop me, (laughs) but that's all good. Thank you, Pastor Sheridan, Pastor Jan, for having Wayne and I. It is such an honour and a privilege to be able to be here. The topic that, you know, you're looking at is double portion to be purposed. Purpose means to set as an aim, intention or goal for oneself to do something, to do something. So often as people, we think we have to be perfect before we enter the presence of God. You know, Wayne spoke in the first session and there is baggage on us. Every single one of us have baggage. But often we think that we have to be all mocked up before we can actually walk into his presence, before we can stand in his presence. And sometimes even coming into the house of God can be a struggle because we think, God, I'm not good enough to actually be in your presence. Or we don't like the feeling we get when we walk into his presence because something starts to stir up within us and it reminds us of what our imperfections are. When we're going through a difficult time, we tend to pull away from church or people because we don't feel we're good enough or that it's just easier to not be where Jesus is. We don't even spend time with Jesus on our own. And we are frightened to get into his presence because he won't want to be with us. And we don't come intentionally. The truth is that if we're wanting a double portion and we want him to fill us up again, We've got to be willing to walk in to His presence regardless of what's going on in our lives, regardless of whether there's a difficult situation, regardless of whether there's no difficult situation, regardless of whether our marriage is working or it isn't working regardless of whether our children are playing up or they're not playing up whatever the reason we need to be prepared to say you know what Jesus you're my everything I want you to give me a double portion I want to know that you are coming and touching me afresh but more importantly I want to worship you and honor you because it's actually about you Jesus it's not about me It's about my whole life being surrendered to who you want me to be rather than what I want to be. If we come into his presence, it changes everything. If you go through the word of God, there are many different passages of scripture that talk about when people walked into Jesus' presence, their lives were instantly changed. If we look at Mary Magdalene and they say it's Mary Magdalene, it could be another Mary, there's a questions at that at times. But when she came into Jesus' presence and she came to pour the perfume and wash his feet with the perfume and wipe it with her hair, she came in as what? She came in as a prostitute. She left as a mighty woman of God. It was in his presence that her life was changed. But wait for it. She didn't even... Yet him speaking to her, he didn't even address her the whole time she was doing what she did. It was just the matter of his presence that changed her life forever. There's another woman in John chapter 4, verse 4 to 30. See, Jesus knew that the Pharisees had heard that he was baptising. Oh, sorry, verse 4. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of the Sinca near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift of God, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, "'Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. "'But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. "'It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. "'Please, sir,' the woman said, "'Give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again "'and I won't have to come here to get water. "'Go and get your husband,' Jesus told her. "'I don't have a husband.' the woman replied and Jesus said you're right you don't have a husband you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now you certainly spoke the truth sir the woman said you must be a prophet so tell me why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshiped and Jesus replied Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When He comes, He will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Here we have a story of this woman. This woman, she had heaps of baggage. Here's the well. She couldn't come to the well when the others came to the well. She didn't come in the early morning or in the evening. She had to come at noon. Wayne and I have just been in Dubai on the way home from a trip. And we had these two days of, three days of being in this heat, unbelievable heat. And one day we decided that we were going to go on this hop-on, hop-off bus, you know. And it was only 700 metres from the hotel. So I thought, oh, that's easy. We can walk to the bus. It's not a problem. So Wayne and I go out and it's it's in the mid-morning and we start to walk. But, you know, we went the wrong way. I'm not going to tell you who led us the wrong way. I wouldn't even do that. But I don't lead when we're on holidays. So we're walking and I'm saying, this is a long 700 metres. By two and a half kilometres, me, <laughs> it's just too hard. I can't walk any further. We stop, get a drink at McDonald's. We regroup. Two and a half kilometres later after that, we find the bus stop. It's in the heat of the heat. You know, it brought me a new revelation of why this woman was a brave woman. Number one, she didn't want to come when the other women were going to the well because she would have been mocked. She wasn't accepted. She wasn't allowed to be around them. They were probably scared she was going to pinch their husbands as well. But she comes out in the heat of the day. And who does she encounter? She encounters the Messiah at the well. She's there and she's looking at him. And she brings up all the law, all the law of why he shouldn't even be talking to her. And what does Jesus do? He doesn't worry about the law, he just brings the grace. Hey, will you get me a drink? Are you crazy, man? You're not even meant to be talking to me. This is not going to look pretty. But he keeps talking. See, Jesus wants us to come as we are. We want double portion. We want purpose. We've got to understand what it is to be in His presence. Because it's when we're in His presence that suddenly the purpose becomes evident. It's in His presence that we understand that purpose is just a a second nature thing. It's actually not about, like Wayne said, it's not about what we do. It's not whether we've got a job. It's not about doing things for the sake of doing things. It's about coming into His presence, understanding how much He loves us. And it's when we walk out of our building that the presence of God is so evident on our lives that it oozes from us that suddenly our purpose is to give away what we've got. So that people around us realise that Jesus is amazing, that he's incredible. See, when we look at this woman, we see her trying to justify herself because she doesn't know who she's in the presence of. And the first thing is she looks and she says, you can't do that, you've broken a rule, you shouldn't be talking to me. The second thing that she comes in verse 11 and she says, how are you going to give me living water? You don't even have a bucket and a rope. And then in verse 19 and 20, she deflects her past when he brings up her past by bringing the law in. How often do we stand in God's presence and he comes and he whispers in our ear and we deflect him. No, you can't do that with me. Or no, I'm not good enough. Or no, my life's not where it should be. And he's just saying, Do you know who you're standing in the presence of? I don't care what you're like, I know everything about you. When Jesus just came and said, Go and get your husband, it was a trick question. He knew the answer. But he was waiting to see if she was going to be honest. Oh, I don't have a husband. No, you don't. But I know everything about you. I know your past and I don't care. You want a double portion of me? You want my presence? You want to know what I think of you? Then recognise who you stand in front of. Understand who he is and what he wants to do. How often do we come into his presence and we do these same things? See, for this woman at the well, it was her insecurities and the way she thought of herself that determined what she thought of Jesus. She was panicking. People already thought horrible things about her and now she was at the well alone with another man. If anyone saw this, what would they think? How can I tell people that Jesus is in existence, what will they think? What happens if they know I'm a Christian? What will they think? Oh my goodness, don't mention you're a Christian these days. Christians are bigots. Well, that's what they say in Australia. But here she stood, where she stored in his presence. And all he wanted to do was reach out and say, I don't care what you've done, I don't care, I love you and I want you to have this living water and if you have the living water, you'll never want for anything again. So the question, if everything was taken away from you, if nothing existed like it does now, would you still come into his presence with honour and grace and mercy? Would you still worship Him with everything within you? Would you still cry out and say, use me, Lord, do whatever it is. In my brokenness, in my greatness, whatever it looks like, make sure that I'm always being used by you because I love you more than anything else. What does He look like in you? Because that living water... It's meant to flow out of us, regardless of what we go through. Because as human beings, we'll never be mopped up. If we ever think we've made it and we're perfect, think again, because the next time something else is going to come around the corner and we're going to have a hiccup. So, what are we going to do with it? See, Jesus is not grace, Jesus is grace. Oh my goodness. Jesus is grace, not law. Jesus doesn't accept us by the law. You must do these three steps before you enter my presence. You have to mop up before I'm going to use you. You want to be perfect before I'll allow you into this next section. Every time the woman at the well brought up Lord Jesus counteracted it by grace. When she said, you know, came in and started to tell him about um, the Samaritan Having one place to worship and the Jews having another after he prophetically spoke over her, he just comes back and says, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on the mountain or in Jerusalem. His grace, when he highlighted her lifestyle, she straight away came back. Straight away. How often? When God starts to challenge us in our life, when He starts to stir us up and He says, do you want to live your life in accordance to what I want? Do you want me to work in a greater way through you? Do you want to come into my presence in a greater way? Do you want more of me? Instantly we come up with excuses and we push Him back. I don't have time to read my Bible, God. I don't have time to do this. It's not about law. It's about grace. It's about putting the CD on in your car and worship him in the car. It's about your whole life being determined to allow him to control it, to allowing him to speak and to do what he needs to do. So we can learn what the things we can learn in this passage of Scripture for us is the first one. Jesus doesn't care about our excuses. He just wants us. Just like Wayne said, He just wants relationship with us. Jesus' love is greater than what the law says. Jesus didn't discard the lifestyle and the change that needed to take place, but he didn't bring judgment. He highlighted her past for her to recognize who he was. You know, the disciples, they did exactly what you and I do. Just then, the disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, What do you want with her? or Why are you talking to her? They didn't have the nerve to ask. How often do we do that? Oh my goodness, why are you hanging with those people? (laughs) Because I want them to have what I've got. I want them to have Jesus, the living water. I want them to have what I've got. In our church, we um, run a ministry. It's called Rahab Ministry. We go out on a bus and we visit nine brothels and um, it's once a month we take presents and we take cooking food and presents are always a great way of entering anywhere and so we get to these brothels and when we go it's amazing they let us go into the room the back rooms where the girls hang waiting for their next call my favorite brothel sounds terrible doesn't it it's the transgender one I had the most amazing privilege of going in, and they're all sitting around. There's some transgender ones. There's um, girls that are just girls, and they're all sitting around. And I come down, and one of the transgender ladies turned to me and said, "Why do you do this?" With such an angst, and I said, "Well, because we care." And before I could say another word, one of the other ones, girls, she turns to her and she says, oh, they're a Christian organisation. Not uh, angry, just one of the other ones on the couch turned and said, oh, you're going to tell me I have to mop up and go to rehab? Is that what you do? Is that why you're here? I said, oh, no, that's not my job. My job isn't to tell you what to do. My job is to tell you that I love you and Jesus loves you. We're just here because we care. And as I'm sharing, she just looks and she started to tear up. She said, I've never heard those words before ever. No one's ever told me that. And she said, and on, we have a card that says we'll do all different things, counselling, coffee, you know, English classes. And she said... It says on your card, you'll have coffee with us. Sure. I said, yeah, you name the time. I'll meet you. I'll have coffee with you. And Ashley, who's actually a guy through the day and a female at night, turns to me and says, would you really, Ruth? I said, oh, Ashley, I'll meet with you. Not a problem at all. And as we're leaving, they get up. And Ashley comes over and gives me a big hug. Says, thanks for coming. And then the other girl on the couch turns and goes, do I get one? I said, absolutely. Hugs all round as we're leaving the womb. I didn't actually preach. I didn't say anything. I just said, Jesus loves you and so do I. If we want to have a purpose... It's to love Jesus with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. The problem is we don't. The problem is we, we put him there and we have everything else over here. And when we find time to actually say he's important, we pull him off the shelf and allow him in. But God wants more. And he wants our lives changed. Not for us, but for Him. Because when we're in His presence, we rise up and we can't help but want to serve. Because the love that oozes from us is incredible. See, if we go on, Jesus didn't discard the lifestyle, like I said, Jesus was a Jew. Straight away she went to the law, not grace. But Jesus says, I'm all about grace. The woman needed to accept the grace and not the law. If we are to have an attitude of grace, then we need to receive a heart like Jesus. Jesus knew her lifestyle was not right, but he wanted to bring her to understanding that he was the Messiah. If we go back down and look at that passage of scripture, and we look at here, and she says, the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Let's stop for a moment. The whole time she's at the well with Jesus, she doesn't even know who she is she's in the midst of she doesn't even understand who he really is she's got no clue just thinks he's a Jew sitting at the well but the truth was she was in his presence it was at the moment that he said I am the Messiah it was instantly her life was changed as people we need to recognize who he is We can't just think and know by the reading and go, yeah, Jesus is this. No, intimately, we need to know who he is. At the moment he said, I am the Messiah. It went back and the scripture came back to her and she said, just then, sorry, going down. You got it. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, she didn't say another word to Jesus when he said I am the Messiah she didn't even take her water back that she'd walked to in the midst of the sun she dumped it and she ran uh, she ran back into a village remember where she was not accepted and what does she do? She runs back and she says, you've got to come to the well. There's a man and he's, I think he's the Messiah. He's going to change your life forever. You want to have what I've got, then come. That was the evidence of the presence of Jesus in her life. The living water had come upon her. And from that moment on, it says that the region was changed. One moment in his presence changed a village to regions hey you want double portion it's not about oh go to church on Sunday it's about living Jesus 24 7 it's about him owning every part of your life Does it mean you're kooky? No. Does it mean you don't operate in your everyday life? Of course you do. But do you breathe Him? Do you think of Him? Does your decision making come before Him? Do you hunger to bring your children into His presence so that they can have their lives changed forever? Who is He? Who's he in your life? Does he exist? Have you come here today thinking, oh my goodness, I had to do two sessions? Or did you think, oh, I'm in his presence? Jesus, you're my everything. You're my everything. Spirit, will you come? Will you come right now, Holy Spirit? We've cried out, we've said we want to be purposed. We understand that when we stand in your presence and we truly understand who you are, we can't help but run around and to the purpose. With ease, Lord, it's not even about having to. It just flows. Holy Spirit, just come right now and start to fall afresh on people's lives in this room, I pray. We're at the well. and in filling, we want a double portion. Will you come? Come on, you want a double portion. You want a freshness of his Holy Spirit. You want to rise up. You want to know that you're standing in his presence and stand. Stand before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And don't have excuses. Don't bring the law into play. But just like the woman at the whirlwind, she heard those words I am the Messiah. She heard the words I am the Messiah. It was instantly she knew, and it was instantly her life was changed. It was instantly that she didn't run back to the same lifestyle. She ran back and began to bring His Word. What do you want? What do you want? Holy Spirit, we're standing. and We're asking you. Because we know you're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. We stand with hearts crying out, Do more, do more. God's about to raise you both up in a greater way. You know, you know that He's asking for more, you know that He's asking for greater. There's been a calling, there's been a calling, there's been a calling, and you both answered with such loudness, Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. But He hasn't come to you because He's come and He's thought, okay, these people can do my work. He's come to you out of relationship within Him. He's come to you because He's seen you on your knees before him in your room crying out I love you Jesus I love you Jesus I love you Jesus there has been tears pouring out of both of you and the hunger and the desire to be greatly used by him is not for self gain but for his purpose for his plan your hunger to see people come into his presence is growing in a greater way and the Lord would say to you I'm going to start to open some doors for you No door will be opened by man. No door will be opened by you. Will be opened because the I have whispered. And suddenly the things that I've been laying on your hearts where you have said, I think this is an impossibility. Doors will be opened so wide. And as you walk through, you will not have to try and make it happen. His power and his presence will fall on you in a powerful way. Right now, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. More, Lord, more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Nari, God's bringing you into a new realm. What you've done has been amazing. The way you've reached out to people has been incredible. That's nothing new. Everybody knows that. Even I know that. But the Lord said, this is now a time of a new day. And what you have done in the past will not be done in the future. For this is a new chapter and at times you have said, should I wind down and and do different things? Should I not be um, doing this or should I not be doing that? And the Lord says, no, you shouldn't be doing some of the things that you have been doing for I'm going to release you from the things that you have been doing to go into the next realm of where I need to take you. For this is going to be your greatest hour, says the Lord. You will see more than you could ever possibly dream or imagine. For as you surrender the past, watch and see what the future will be. For the future is bright. The future is amazing. The future is different. But the future will be a future and the now better than you could have ever dreamed. And you will know His presence like you have never known before. You've known him in such a way. and You thought, I can't get any closer to you. Watch and see, says the Lord. For as you press into me, you will know what it is to move in my spirit. Like you have never moved before. Thank you, Lord. Breathe on it right now. Thank you, Jesus. everything do you breathe him do you live him only you can answer the question
2: thank you Ruth isn't it fascinating that the Theme of the whole morning's been purpose, but God's really landed it at relationship. John 15. We're simply a branch on the vine. Jesus is the vine, and He says, "Remain in Me. Remain in Me. Abide, abide in Me. Abide in Me." Relationships always the top of His agenda. Everything flows out of I wonder if you're here this morning and you can't say definitively that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or that you're walking in relationship with Him. Or perhaps you have walked at some point far closer than you are now. For whatever reason, you've stepped back. If you haven't heard the thread through this morning because it's been so clear, is that you don't have to Qualify in any way to come back. You've simply got to come back into the presence of Jesus, the prodigal son. The father ran down the road to meet the, the son. All the son had to do was come. And so today there's an invitation to come into relationship with Jesus Christ. And whether that's the first time or as I said, for whatever reason you've stepped back, The invitation is there for you to come again. The Bible very clearly says that if we confess that Jesus Christ is our Lord, if we confess that with our mouth and we believe in our hearts that the Father raised Him back to life, the Bible says we will be saved. In other words, we will be connected to Jesus. We will have relationship with Jesus, a relationship that not only lasts this lifetime but into eternity. That's the invitation. Can I ask you to bow your heads for a moment, please? In just a moment, I'm going to ask you if you want to respond to Jesus, if you want to choose him this morning, if you're saying, yes, Jesus, I want to be in relationship with you for the first time or I'm coming back, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in just a moment. It's good for you to do something physically. And I really want to pray for you. There's no magic in lifting your hand. Because the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart, the Father rose Him from the grave on the third day, you will be saved. You'll know if you need to respond now. No doubt your heart's thumping away and hands may be sweating. Often that's what happens when the Holy Spirit is just He's leaning on us, saying, come on, this is your moment, this is your time. This morning, if you're saying yes to Jesus, first time we're coming back. Can you lift your hand now, just so I can see it, please? Thank you, I see your hand, I see your hand, that's great. I've seen two people lift their hands so far. a couple more moments. I'm not going to draw it out. That is so wonderful. As you've lifted your hand, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. with Jesus is made. Well, lifting your hand had little to do with it. Father, I bless these two people that have lifted their hands this morning. I ask for an incredible sense of intimacy with you at this moment. Father, that there would be a great sense of you by the Holy Spirit coming into their world, that connection being made afresh. Father, any sense of shame or guilt that may be resting, I command that to go right now in Jesus' name. And that there will be life and life and life abundantly in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we please give these people a great big hand? Fantastic. Scripture tells us there's a party in heaven whenever one person gets right. right. Well, can we also give Pastor Ruth a great hand? Thank you. Well, tonight at 6 p.m., we're going to carry on. There's a little comma, so you can go and, you know, have some lunch, have a lie down. But don't lie down too long. Come back at 6 p.m., because you won't sleep well at night if you lie down for too long. So, so come back at 6. I really believe that God's going to move powerfully tonight. I do. We've just, we've just left the agenda open, God to do whatever He wants. And uh, I've got faith that He's going to move powerfully, that He's going to touch people's lives. And uh, thank you guys for being with us again. Wonderful. I hope you were paying attention. I hope you were, uh, you were present. Because I think there was an incredibly clear message throughout the morning there from God saying, come on, it's all about being in His presence. It's all about relationship. It's all about doing life with Him. The rest is just simply a flow over of that. That's great. So Father, I ask that we would really take hold of what you said this morning, that we would allow that to be planted deeply in our lives. Father, I ask that even this week there would be a great drawing into your presence. Lord, that as we open the Scriptures, words would jump off the page. We'd hear your voice as we worship. We'd hear you speaking to us. That ideas would drop into our mind that would be of heaven. I declare your blessing over your people in Jesus' name. Amen.